You're listening to Amazing Discoveries Audio. This is Understanding the Ladder Rain, Episode One, with Dan Gabbert. Good to see you. Part two. Components of Saving Christianity. Let's pray and then uh, I've got a question for you. Dear Father, I, uh, I'm grateful to be your child. And I sense that I'm in the midst of a group of believers that are thankful for the same thing. I also recognize this morning that I'm in desperate need of your grace. There may be someone else here who's in desperate need of your grace. As we contemplate saving Christianity, I ask that your spirit would do what only he can do in my heart and the hearts of those who will be listening. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, there's the question. What do you remember? Go ahead, brother. What we need to be doing is to have a thorough knowledge of the truth and a thorough work of God's grace. Was that okay? Okay. Anybody else? God's grace is the power. God's grace is the power. God's grace is the power, the divine power to save and heal. Don't be one of Skiba's sons. Wise. Wise. There we go. Yeah. You remember the Skiva syndrome? Who remembers the Skiva syndrome? Raise your hand. Yeah. Um, this is a big one. It's what the Laodicean church is suffering from right now. And that is depending on someone else's experience with Christ to actually survive what yet is coming upon the world. Christians should be preparing. Prophets and Kings 6.26 Christians should be preparing for what is soon to break upon the world as an overwhelming surprise. And this preparation they should make in diligently studying the word of God and striving to conform their lives to its precepts. Amen? Do you remember this, uh, this quote? Because we're focusing on the latter rain. All these presentations are focusing on preparation for the latter rain, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Here's the statement. We saw it yesterday. Here it is again. We need not worry about the latter rain. All we have to do is to keep the, the vessel. What's the vessel? Three dimensional. We need not to worry about the latter rain. All we have to do is keep the vessel clean and right side up and prepared for the receiving, the reception of the heavenly rain and keep praying 
It is our part of the work to put ourselves in connection with the divine channel. God is responsible for his part of the work and he is faithful who is promised. God is faithful. I'm so grateful. Well, this is what I want for my personal experience. This is from Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. Now this is a bit troubling if you look at it closely. Now the just shall live by faith. I've got it underlined. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I don't want to draw back. Don't draw back. But we are not of those who draw back to what? Mercy. I I do not want to draw back to perdition. Before I became a Christian, um, I was in the entertainment business. Some of you know that. Um, I came out of the entertainment business. I was alcoholic, uh, problem with drugs, struggling. And the only thing that I had to look forward to in my future with that life was death. A black hole called death. Besides that, I was getting bald. Losing my attraction, you know, my, my ability to attract female flies. Excuse the term, that's what we call them. I'm sorry for going back there, but... Death is a big thing. I don't want to draw back. I am not looking back. Now I have hope because of Jesus. I want to believe to the saving of the soul. But the text is a bit troubling because it says it is possible to believe to perdition. To draw back. Well, I don't want to draw back. I want to believe to the saving of the soul. Amen? And this is where Dan is at now. I don't know about you, but this is where I'm at. I love the idea of giving God delight. It's just amazing. What gives him delight? Look at this. Jeremiah chapter 9, 23 and 24. This is one of the things that gives God delight. Let not the wise man glory or boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast or glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Don't do that. Don't boast in that stuff. But let him who glories, him who boasts, glory in this that he understands and knows who. A God that exercises loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Isn't that neat? Be able to delight in the Lord? Yes! But there's something else really valuable about this whole thing, about knowing and understanding God. Here it is. John 17, 3, Jesus said very clearly, and this is life eternal that they, that's you and I, might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. 
What's eternal life based upon? It's based upon knowing God the way he really is. That's why the truth is so vital. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, all of those talking about the signs of his coming, he said there were going to be a lot of false Christs, a lot of false prophets. What? To give people a false picture of God. And listen, if you're following a false God, are you saved or lost? Amen. Perdition. Knowing God as he really is. Now, the question that we've got, and you probably have answers for this. That's the reason I wrote it on the slide. You probably already have an answer, but here's a big question. Because man has never seen God the Father, what is the only way anyone can know him and experience eternal life? John 12. I gave you a different text because other people know the text that we usually use. This is a different one. John chapter 12. So I want you to think a little bit. I'm reading now verse 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me sees him that sent me. How do I get to know God the Father better? I actually know God the Father. Do you know God the Father? Well, if you're getting to know Jesus, you're getting to know what God is really like. There is no salvation anywhere else. Men have, men have throughout history, men have, and we're still doing it. What's, what is it now? There are, there are people actually spending megabucks to get their body frozen so it can get thought out when there's a cure for the disease they're carrying. What do they call that? Chirogenics. Oh, cryogenics. Chiro, that's kind of like pyro, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want to go there. Only one name, and that is through Christ, that anyone can be saved, Acts 4.12. So here's reality. Our relationship with the Bible, the Word of God, has a direct correlation to the relationship we have with God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. Do you know why? Jesus, talking to the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, he said this, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And in the Greek, it's and or but. But they are they which testify of me. You study the scriptures to be smart. Know all this stuff so you can blow people out of the water with your knowledge about the Bible. Come on. You know, I didn't realize it until getting ready, preparing for this. I, I didn't realize it until I realized I can know all about prophecy. I can know the Bible from beginning to end. The scribes and Pharisees had the first five books of the Old Testament memorized from memory. I could still be lost. The entire scripture points to who? It points to Christ. 
And how sad. I wish it were different, but verse 40, I just hear Jesus in his, in his voice just saying, and you won't come to me that you might have life. Please don't fit into that picture. Be willing to come to Jesus and learn from him. What do you say? Yeah. So remember this, and this is Dan's little ditty, but remember it. Time alone in the Word of God to know Christ, nothing replaces it. But listen, without it, everything replaces it. How many of you agree with that? How many of you have had good intentions? You know, I've got to spend more time in the Bible. I just really do. And something comes up. Listen, the devil will make sure something comes up. Because as long as he can keep you out of the word of God for yourself personally, he's got you. So what does Christianity that actually heals and saves, the Greek word is sozo, our dear cook that is feeding us, has got that on his, right there on his lapel. Sozo means heal and save. This is what it looks like. Healing, saving Christianity is a practice. It's a what? An exercise of, a practice of, a training in godliness. Of learning to believe, to trust, to think, and live like Jesus. Which was the original design. Amen? Why a practice? Why do I got to practice Christianity? Why do I got to learn it? I mean, isn't it good enough just to accept Jesus on the cross of Calvary? That's enough. Review and Herald, August 4th, 1896. Learn to believe in Jesus. To take him at his word. Fasten the mind on his precious promises that you may give help to those with whom you associate. How many of you, in wanting to help someone because you love Jesus, he's died for you, you've said, Lord Jesus, I accept you in your death on the cross. I believe you died for me. I want you to live in my life. But how many of you then, with this new desire that's building in your heart to help others, how many of you have actually experienced this? Someone comes up and starts telling a problem they got or whatever, and you want to help them, but you have no idea what to say. Don't raise your hand. What am I going to say? I'm learning what to say. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, there's something, and I, I, I don't want to leave us in the lurch here, but there's something, even someone who just accepted Christ can share. Can anybody tell me what it is? I want to. I want to. I'm going to take a little aside here for a minute. Go to um, Romans chapter 15. Have a look at this. Romans chapter 15. I hope, I hope my brain's working this morning. Romans chapter 15, and notice what Paul says here. Yeah. Notice what the Apostle Paul says here, what he was comfortable sharing about Christ. This is big because it's giving us, 
It's giving us actually the, the freedom and the insight to grow where we're at and continue to grow. Romans 15, 18. Romans 15, verse 18. For I will not dare. Everybody there? I will not what? I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me, which Christ has not worked in my own personal life. I don't dare speak of anything except what he has taught me personally where I'm at. Are you following? And I've got to do this because this goes along with the Skeeva syndrome. What we're doing here, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. This has so freed me. Man, because I'm growing. I'm in the same boat you are. I'm growing and learning, and I am still stubbing my toes. 2 Corinthians 8, 11 and 12. Paul's encouraging the Corinthian church, who a poor church, they've given themselves to Christ, and they wanted to help him. They wanted to help the saints in Jerusalem who were struggling from famine and dirt. They were just struggling. They wanted to help. And Paul encourages them to go ahead and do what they said they wanted to do for the church in Jerusalem. Here's what he says. Now, therefore, this is a side, so write it down if you. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, what you said you wanted to do. That as there was a readiness to will, you were ready and willing to do it. So there may be also a performance also out of what you have. Out of what? For if there first be a willing mind, a willing what? It is accepted according to the, that a man has, not according to what he doesn't have. So many people are struggling with what they don't have and they're comparing themselves to somebody else. That's not why, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. But look closely. You know what that's saying? Do the best you can with what you got. With a willing mind, it's acceptable to God. Here it is in Spirit of Prophecy, My Life Today, page 250. When it is in the heart to obey God, when efforts are put forth to this end, Jesus looks at this disposition and this effort as man's best service. And he makes up for the deficiency with his own divine merit. Do the best you can with what you got. With what kind of a mind? A willing mind. It's acceptable to God. And don't compare yourself to anyone else. It's not wise, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, not wise, because you are unique and special. You are a treasure of God. You're the apple of his eye, Zechariah 2, 8. And he has big plans for you. All right, back to this. We must accustom ourselves to seek divine guidance through prayer. We must do what? Learn to trust. We've got to learn to believe. We've got to learn to trust. It's a learning process. Man, I love this one. This is a great encouragement. And I'm just going to read it. Not going to spend a lot of time here, but watch this. The powers of darkness gather about the soul and shut Jesus from our sight. 
And at times we can only wait in sorrow and amazement until the cloud passes over. These seasons are sometimes terrible. I hope somebody in the audience is actually saying, yeah, that's me. Look at this. Hope seems to fail. Despair ceases upon us. In these dreadful hours, we must what? Learn to trust and depend, depend solely upon the merits of the atonement and in all of our helpless unworthiness, cast ourselves upon the merits of the crucified and risen Savior. We shall never perish when we do this. Never. Amen. I think I should walk off the stage right now, but I'm not going to. Because I'm excited about what's coming. So there are the Bible texts upon which those spirit of prophecy statements were based. I just wanted to uh, share them with you real quick. First Timothy 4, 7 says, But reject profane and old wives' fables. The church is full of old wives' fables. Reject them. For, and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits little. It does. By the way, exercise part of the amazing plan of God from the beginning, really does something to the brain. I can't live without exercise. I hope you come to that too in your experience, if you're not there already. Bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in you which was also where? In order to have Christ's mind, I've got to have Christ's thoughts. Does that make sense? By the way, a little Greek here. In the Greek... Um, there, in the Greek, there are six tenses. In English, we have three tenses. Present, past, past, present, future, right? In the Greek, we have six tenses. But what's so unique about the Greek is this, especially in this verse, Philippians 2, 5, and in 1 John 2, 5 and 6. In the present tense, present tense, what's happening right now? Um... In English, it means what's happening right now. But in the Greek, the present tense is talking about a continual, ongoing practice. An ongoing pro process. It's a process. And in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be, the verb be there, it's present tense. So what that is actually telling us is we want to practice thinking Christ's thoughts at all times and in all circumstances. Practice, practice, practice. Make sense? 1 John 2, 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily, truly, is the word of, is the love of God perfected. Hereby, this is the way we know that we're in him, in Christ. He that says he abides in Christ ought himself also so to walk even as Jesus walked. So there's a text. I, I just wanted to share those with you so you realize that this is real. This is reality. Manuscript releases, volume 21, 21 MR 230. I love this because this is where it's at. It is by learning the habits of Christ. His meekness, his loneliness, that what becomes transformed. Are you reading it? I don't know about you, but self is a real booger. 
It gets me in trouble. How about you? The old habits that I used to live on? I got to be careful. I think you do too. I want to learn the habits of Christ. Because they're the ones that prepare me for eternity. So here they are. I finally got to it. How much time have I got? Oh, I'm good. All right. The eight T's of the practice of grace-empowered, faith-engendered, healing, saving Christianity. The eight T's. Number one, saving Christianity practices tasting God's Word. Now, if you've not taken any time to taste God's Word, um, I'm encouraging you to do it. It's very tasty. By the way, I didn't used to like broccoli either. <laughs> I remember the, uh, when I, I just became a Christian, brand new Christian, I was living in Hollywood, and I just flew back to, to the Dakotas, North Dakota. That's, that's in the Bible, by the way, in Acts 1.8, the uttermost parts of the earth. But I was, I was going to church for the first time in North Dakota. Brand new, I discovered the Sabbath of the Bible, and I went to the church, and guess what? A well-meaning family, lovely family, invited me out for dinner. Guess what we had? Nope. Tomatoes. Tomato sandwiches, in fact. Did I like tomatoes? But I'm in love with Jesus and I don't want to offend anybody. So I thought, okay. And I took a bite. And I prayed. Count on it. I was praying. Because the last thing I wanted to do was Guess what happened? It tasted good. Now that was a miracle. It doesn't always work that way. Broccoli has been a different thing. But I'm learning. Isn't it neat that our taste buds can be trained? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Well, listen, our spiritual taste buds need to be trained also. That's what, it's, that's what the exercise of godliness is all about. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Taste and see. Be honest. You know what, God? Um, this word, you know, I don't get anything out of it. I mean, it's like, it's like Greek to me. Yeah, it is. It's Hebrew, too. But I want to know you. So take a little time and just little baby bites Stop and think about it. By the way, if, if, uh, time, if there's time somehow, I, I'd love to take some time with those who are interested and show you how I study the life of Christ. Uh, very simple. I study the life of Christ to know him personally, where I'm not living on somebody else's experience, the Skiba syndrome. But anyway, taste God's word. Be willing. Number, uh, oh, thought how can I trust someone or something to be good until I taste it? Can't do it. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and what? Sup with him. What does it mean to sup? Eat. Question, who brings the meal? Who provides the meal? Jesus does. It's his word. That's the meal. That makes sense? Sure. Saving Christianity practices trusting God's word. How many of you have had a circumstance of life that came up that kind of threatens your sense of well-being? And you know what the answer is from the word of God. But you think you got a better plan. Because it looks a little like I might be stepping into the dark if I actually trust and obey what God I know to be right. We're learning. By the way, you know what God does? He's so kind and merciful to us. If I don't get it the first time, what's going to happen? Number three, saving Christianity practices treasuring God's word. Man, I rejoice at your word as one that finds great treasure. Job 23, 12, I love that. Job and all that he went through and all he could say is, I have esteemed the words of thy mouth, your word, your mouth, more than my necessary food. Wow. I want that kind of experience. How about you? Got to taste it, though. Oh, I thought this was important. Who can tell me why it's so important to memorize the word of God? This Psalms 119.11, it's, it's all over the Bible. Oh, there it says, doesn't it? I, I thought I knew that text. What does it say? What's the reason for hiding the word in my heart? Amen. Listen, if I'm in love with someone, do I want to hurt him? I do not. So how many of you guys that really love your wives and say, you know, I think today I'm going to get up and I'm going to at the breakfast table and say, honey, this food you made is just absolutely rotten. You know, just purposely hurt. No way. Come on. Nobody does that. Well, why in the world would I want to hurt Jesus Christ, the one who hung on the cross of Calvary, paid my death penalty? Why would I want to hurt him? Love doesn't do that. Not if it's from God. Saving Christianity trembles at God's word. And you know, when I was putting these together and I gave them to Mackenzie, um, I didn't catch this till this morning. Notice that it changed from practice to learn. Saving Christianity learns to tremble at God's word. Isaiah 66, for all those things in my hand, all those things my hand has made, says the Lord, and all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look, this individual will I look, this is the one I'm looking after, really special eyes, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, who does what? Trembles at my word. Now, a lot of people got an attitude. Here's a, Benefits of trembling at God's word. 
Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word, your brethren who hated you. By the way, before this is over, we are going to be hated for Christ's sake by our brethren, those who don't have an intimate love affair with the Lord Jesus Christ. Count on it. Your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified. Amen. And he will be glorified in that type of situation that we may see our joy, but they shall be ashamed. I like the idea of knowing that God is going to make things right and deal with those who have bad intentions against me and you. I wanted to read this to you because a lot of people think, and this is some of that theology that's flying around now, that oh, you shouldn't fear God, you shouldn't be afraid of him. No, 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 no. If you really love him, you won't have any fear at all. You'll just, you'll just be like a, I won't go there. But here's a statement, look at it close. The Lord would have his people trust in him and abide in his love. But that does not mean that we shall have no fear or misgivings. Some seem to think that if a man has a wholesome fear of the judgments of God, it is a proof that he is destitute of faith. Not true. This is not so. A proper fear of God in believing his threatenings works the peaceable fruits of righteousness by causing the trembling soul to flee to Jesus. Many ought to have this spirit today and turn to the Lord with humble contrition. Anybody want to say amen? Saving Christianity practices thinking God's word. Not only studying it, not only meditating upon it, not only memorizing it, but actually by faith choosing to practice like Jesus, thinking God's thoughts concerning the circumstances we face. We have been so focused for so long in this precious movement that everybody is concerned about outward actions. And as long as we, we baptize someone or something, as long as they act like we think they should act in our society, everything's good. Is everything good? Were the scribes and Pharisees, was everything good with them even though they were acting just like they should? Was everything right? What was wrong? What they were thinking. If I want to experience saving Christianity, the kind that heals, I've got to be willing to practice thinking God's thoughts from his word in every circumstance I face. Bottom line. Yeah, I got to go here. I, I didn't get this in the slides, but I'm working on memorizing it. My cheat sheet. I call these my paper brains. <laughs> you know, when you get older sometimes, if you're not exercising your mind enough or whatever, sometimes you don't remember, right? Paper brains. Mind, character, and personality, 666. I like that 666. Doesn't it go, wow. <laughs> he, Christ, died for me that I might be blessed 
and that his joy might remain in me. Therefore, I keep my mind in that channel. I educate it. I train it. I train my thoughts. I train my tongue. I train all that there is of me that I may fasten it upon Jesus Christ. Unquote. What do you think? Train it. Don't use anyone else in your household, in your church, in your community, in your business, in your association. Don't let anyone else sideline you and keep you from hiding the word of God in your heart so that you can think like Jesus thought. You got to see this. Go to John chapter 8. This is really something. Where do our words come from, by the way? Matthew 12, 34, Luke 6, 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what's in here comes out. Notice John chapter 8. You've got to see this. This is so neat. Verse 28 and 29. Jesus again talking to the religious leaders who were out to kill him. Verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of God, the Son of Man, in other words, when you've killed me, then shall you know that I am he, that I do nothing of myself. Do how much? But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Why did he speak them? Because that's what he had hid in his mind. Verse 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. Oh, I want that permanent experience. How about you? How precious are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, I, I've got King James memorized, so don't mind me. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And how many of you can tell me in the Greek what that verb think in what tense it's in? Present tense. Continue to think. Practice it. Question, if a person is tasting, treasuring, trusting, trembling at, and thinking God's word, what else will that person inevitably be doing? What goes in, comes out. Sooner or later, mm -hmm. can't hide it. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Amen? How come? What determines what amount a person speaks? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're treasuring God's word, it's got your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? Another question. I got these questions, man. If a person is in the practice of tasting, trembling at, trusting God's word, treasuring God's word, thinking God's word and talking God's word, what will that person be praying? Come on. God's word. Sure. Look at this. 
sermons and talks, volume one. The word of God is to be studied and taught. Converse, visit with God through the medium of his word. Thus, our characters will be transformed. The best way you get, get an answer from God is to ask for what he's promised. Make sense? Sure. In his word. In prayer, in the prayer that Christ modeled, the Lord's Prayer, how many of you memorized it when you were growing up? Yeah, I did in the church I was raised in. Yep. He was praying God's word. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but the Lord's Prayer, look at this once. Our Father which art in heaven, 1 Kings 8.30, hallowed be thy name, Psalms 33.21, Thy kingdom come, Daniel 7. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Psalms 40, verse 8. Give us this day our daily bread. Exodus 16, Isaiah 33. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Exodus 34, Psalms 130, 1 Kings 8.30. Lead us not into temptation. Deuteronomy 8. Are you following? This is so exciting. Man, the model prayer. <laughs> he was praying God's word. By the way, do you think the Father was answering? Oh. Father, deliver us from evil because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Another question because I got one more T. If I am in the practice of tasting, trembling, at trusting, treasuring, thinking, talking God's word and praying God's word, what else will I be doing? I heard it. Somebody said it. Starts with a T. Oh, we already covered that. We are, we're already thinking it. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Look closely at that now. By this we know that we're in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Which includes tackling life, right? I'm not, I'm not sure you're catching it, so I'm going to put it on the slide. According to 1 John 2, 5 and 6, what is God's word accomplishing for us if we practice tackling life with it? Did you see it? I'm going to put it back the other slide. Look at 1 John. Look at it. When I'm in the practice of keeping God's word, tackling life with God's word, what is the Spirit of God doing for me? perfecting his character of love in my life. That's the last message of mercy, the last message that goes to the whole world, and that is a beautiful, beautiful picture of God's character of love. Whew. There it is. It's a promise. It's happening, if you're willing. Whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Amen. Upward look. When men submit entirely to God, eating the bread of life and drinking the water of salvation, they will grow up in Christ. Their characters are composed of that which the mind eats and drinks. Through the word of God, through the word of life, which they receive and obey, they become partakers of the divine nature. The love of God. Upward look, 136. Well, one more major thing. I've got to keep moving. Got to bring this to a close. 
One more thing that will inevitably be developed in the heart and life of someone who is practicing, tasting God's word, trembling at God's word, trusting God's word, treasuring God's word, thinking God's word, talking and praying God's word, tackling life with God's word. Here it is, number eight, thankful praise. And a Christian will be practicing thankful praise. In everything, in how many things? Give thanks. I wish I could go there with the, the study on that, but I won't. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalm 63, 63, 3. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Amen. Smile for me, would you? If more praising, this is Prophets and Kings, page 202. If more praising of God were engaged in now, hope and courage and faith would steadily increase. I like that. How about you? Wow. And would not this strengthen the hands of the valiant soldiers who today are standing in defense of the truth? I think so. Well, I'm going to close. I got some questions and I'm going to rattle through this pretty quick, but I want you to put on your thinking caps. Here we go. When we, by the empowering grace of God through faith, are sincerely practicing this type of Christianity, what are we actually doing? We are... Amen. Honoring God. What did Jesus say about himself? We just read it. What did Jesus speak? The word of God. What did Jesus do? He did only those things that pleased God. Every circumstance he faced. These are clue questions, by the way. You see the word clue there? These are clue. Anybody getting it? What am I doing when I'm practicing these eight T's? When Jesus comes, what are his followers going to be? Yeah. And what are they doing? They're going to be like Jesus. And what are they doing to be like Jesus? Every man that has his hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. They're in the process of training their minds and their bodies so that they can be like Jesus. And how are they purifying themselves? Go to this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. You've got to see this. Here's how the purification happens. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in what? Through the unto. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the what? Which lives and abides forever. This is what brings a deep heart love for God. Time in here. I don't care who you are, you stay in the word. And if you don't have a great love for God and a desire to be like Jesus and to walk with him, then just say, you know what, God, I really have no desire right now. I'm just kind of studying the Bible because I want to be smarter than someone else. I want to know, I want to get to the bottom of this and understand what it's really like, what real Christian. Even if you're one of those Stay in the word, but be honest with God because he already knows your heart and just say, you know what? I don't have a, I don't have a conversion experience with you. I, I really don't have any desire to be like Jesus or anything like that. But you know what, God, if you're really real and this Bible is true and, and you really want me to be with you in the kingdom, I give you the right to bring me to that point. I give you the right. 
Come on, if you're an honest man or if you're an honest woman, give him the right. Man, you're giving all these other human beings who wrote these big volumes of history and stuff, you're giving them all the the right to, to change your mind. Give God the right. Okay, we've got to finish up. What else will this do for Christians who are in the practice of exercising themselves to godliness? 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have what? Boldness on the day of judgment, not this. Lord, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you that I'm safe in you. Because as he is, so are we in this world. When Jesus comes with all his holy angels to take his people home, they will be like him because through the empowering grace of God, like Jesus, they have chosen by faith to practice thankfully tasting, trusting, treasuring, thinking, talking, praying, and tackling life with God's word with hearts full of praise and thanksgiving. Anybody want to say amen? I want that for my life. How about you? Okay, one more question and we're done. What in the world, Dan, does this have to do with the latter rain? Whose mind am I experiencing? Whose life am I experiencing? Who was filled with the Spirit of God when he was here? Oh, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Paul says it different in Colossians 3. Notice the difference. Look at this. Compare it. Filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5, let the Word of Christ what? The way someone is filled with the Spirit is to let the Word of God dwell in them richly. How does Jesus dwell in people's life? John 15, 5 and 7. Look at this close. Now, I've got it highlighted in blue to just really bring this home. But Jesus says in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do what? Knew nothing. Now look at verse 7. Jesus says it again, but instead of saying abides in, and me abiding in him, notice what he says. If you abide in me and my... Are you getting it? For every piece of the word of God that you take into your heart with a desire to be like Jesus. You hide it in your heart and you begin to practice it. You keep practicing it until it becomes your habit. Guess what you've just taken on? Another piece of the life of Christ. And piece by piece by piece, habit by habit by habit by habit, you are actually Letting Jesus in more and more and more of his fullness live in you.
It is by the spirit of truth working through the word of God that Christ subdues his chosen people to himself. Who was filled with the Holy Spirit? Christ was. Every worker who follows the example of Christ will be prepared to receive and use the power that God has promised to his church for the ripening of the earth's harvest, the latter rain. But notice what that worker is doing. Notice what the worker is doing, everyone. What's he doing? Following the example of Christ. Every declaration of inspiration concerning Christ will take hold of the inmost soul of those who love him. Envy, jealousy, evil surmising will cease. The Bible will be regarded as a charter from heaven. Its study will absorb the mind and its truths will feast the soul. Whoa! The promises of God now repeated as if the soul had never tasted of his love will then glow upon the altar of the heart and fall in burning words from the lips of the messengers of God. They will then plead with souls with an earnestness that cannot be repulsed. Then the windows of heaven will be opened for the showers of the latter rain. The followers of Christ will be united in love, inseparable. Remember this. Time alone in the word of God to know Christ. Nothing replaces it. Nothing. But without it, and you can be a theologian, but without it, everything replaces it. Let's pray. We're here as Father. Lord, I, uh, I got to know you better. I'm so full of self yet. Please forgive me. And thank you, I know you do. And I know you're working through your word to transform. There might be someone here this morning, again, that recognizes their great need to be in the word of God, to practice saving Christianity. If that's you, please ask God to forgive you and ask him to give you strength to determinedly take that time in his word to know him. There might be someone here this morning who hasn't accepted Christ, who's just kind of on the outside looking in saying, what's this all about? I mean, this isn't normal religion. I would invite you to be honest with Christ who died for you. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you the right to bring me to understand your great love for me, your desire for my heart, and bring me to conversion. I give you that right. Thank you, Lord. We're yours. We want you to have your own way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit AmazingDiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV 
www.watch.com.